enthusiasms taken too far. Welcome, Mere Mortalites, to another round of the book reviews. My name is Kyron, host of the Mere Mortals podcast, but also this one where I dive deeper into the books that I'm reading to give you the juicy information to extract some themes you might not have realized and then to also talk about why love is a useless word in this book here, Far From The Madding Crowd by Thomas Hardy. So this was published in 1874 and it is 84 pages in length, very, very short and thin. It will take you one to two hours to get through in total. It is a small and simple tale of love, betrayal, anger and heartbreak. And it takes place in the Wessex County of England, this fictional place that Hardy has created. And in particular in the farmland, in the countryside, there's not really a huge amount of people involved which gets us onto the main characters. There is only four in total. There is the young and beautiful and wealthy Bathsheba. There is her three suitors, the shepherd, a mild-mannered Gabriel. There is the distinguished Mr. Boldwood, a farmer. And then there is the dashing and charming Sergeant Troy. And what this book deals with is the somewhat love triangle turned diamond, turned square, turned whatever shape you want to call it. And it deals with marriage, of death, of foolishness, and it is kind of displayed by all of these characters all around. I'm going to jump on to the author, Thomas Hardy. Well, if you want to know more about him, I would actually suggest checking out the Tess of the Durbervilles book review that I've done before. What I will talk about him in this book in particular is this was his other most popular book, Far From the Madding Crowd. So this was published seriously, serially and seriously and anonymously during the kind of lead up to the 1874 of it being published as a full book. And this kind of affects how it was written because there is eight, uh, 14 chapters in total, each of these being between four to six pages. So it is very short and sharp sort of in and out scenes between these uh, characters and how they're interacting. I'm going to jump onto the first theme and I've labeled the zeal, love for the impatient and indecisive. So what does that mean? Well, jumping onto the definition of zeal is great energy or enthusiasm for a person or a cause. And it's powerful interest is maybe what you would call it. And one of the things about this book is you'll probably hear that it's it's a love story. You know, it's love and heartbreak and betrayal and anger and these sort of things. And I think these enthusiasms, while they are strong, they are perhaps love is a too strong a word for it. And so how do they display it in this book? Well, we have Bathsheba, who is somewhat in love with the game or has enthusiasm for being courted by people and she loves rejecting them and then leading them on and then rejecting them again and whatnot. We have Mr. Boldwood for her. He finds about this girl. He gets, you know, the slightest little bit of interest from her in a Valentine card. And he is all in, in this, you know, gushing forth of just love for her. We have Sergeant Troy, who's very much in love with the pleasure of drinking, of, you know, um, carousing with women, with uh, going to the races and gambling and things like this. And the only one who perhaps doesn't have this great enthusiasm, the zeal is, is Gabriel. And so I'm going to jump onto page 42 and 43, which I think somewhat demonstrates why it is this kind of love for the impatient and maybe even the indecisive. So Bathsheba has basically just met Sergeant Troy and he's taken her out and he's kind of wooing her with his display of swordsmanship. And so we go, 
You're very brave, said Troy. You didn't move at all. But you said the sh- that the sword wasn't sharp, said Bathsheba, confused. The sword is extremely sharp, said Troy. But I wanted you to stand still, so I had to tell you a lie. I must go now, but I'm going to take this with me. Troy picked up Bathsheba's hair and put it in his pocket. He kissed her quickly on the mouth, surprising her. Then he left. And then the very next sentence. Bathsheba had fallen deeply in love with Troy, and it was very difficult for her to hide her feelings from the people around her. Gabriel was very worried about her. And so we can kind of see she falls in love instantly. <laughs> what you need to do is cut off a, a piece of a girl's hair, kiss her on the mouth, and bam, she's in love with you. So we very much do see all, that, see all these characters, apart from Gabriel, do have this willing, this very indecisive, I suppose, and impatient feeling for things. They just go out and they quickly do things. And I would say that this just isn't a great description of of love. Now, love is a word, if you've listened to any of the Mere Mortals podcast or perhaps any of these, you'll know I'm not a fan of the word because it means so many different things to so many different people. But in this case, I would say it's completely useless. The, The love that these characters show are just so random that it's I, I don't even think it's worthy of being called love. Uh, and if you want to know more about what I think actual love is, check out the book review that I'm doing of The Debacle, which is actually coming out uh, the week after this is uh, comes out. So what you'll see in this is really only Gabriel gets his way. Uh, the love in this is kind of, it's it's just so fleeting. These characters, they don't commit to anything. They 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 say they love this other character, but there's other things driving them which is what I think will get us onto the second theme here, which is the Madden crowd. Who can you listen to? So I think it's worth talking about the origin of, of this and the far from the Madden crowd. Where did you get this title from? Well, it was from a poem, which was Elegy Written in a Country Churchyard by Thomas Gray. And this poem was really talking about idealizing tranquility and perhaps even the acceptance of death and finding peace in that. And what I think this was interesting was there's kind of two ways you can get advice from people or or hear things. And there is the rumor and gossip and then the advice that you will get. And what we see in this book is that a lot of the characters listen to the rumor mill and gossip and a lot of characters don't listen to genuine advice. And I think everyone in this book kind of screws it up. (laughs) So if we look at what happens, well, uh, Sergeant Troy, he is going to get married to a, a peasant girl, Fanny, and she goes to the wrong location, to the wrong church, and he gets laughed at because he's kind of been left on the altar. And he he uses this as an excuse to to kind of not marry her. We see Mr. Boldwood, he is embarrassed somewhat by Bathsheba's rejections of him. And so he hears of the crowd of, of these people, you know, hearing about this and he's, this dictates his actions. And then we see Gabriel is very overprotective. Anyone who says anything bad about them, about uh, Bathsheba, he's willing to fight and he's always trying to back her up and whatnot. Really the only one who doesn't listen to this kind of unnamed gossip, the, the rumor of the crowd is Bathsheba. She really doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> she just kind of acts on her whims and uh, she, she acts as, as how she wanted. And so uh, the, uh, the problem with this is she ignores good advice. And so we have here on page 33 where uh, she's um, kind of 
toying with Mr. Boldwood and then uh, Gabriel is talking to her. And so, so she asks, did the men notice me talking to Mr. Boldwood yesterday? She asked him. Yes, said Gabriel. What did they say about it? Asked Bathsheba. They say that you're, you and Mr. Boldwood are going to get married, said Gabriel. That's very silly, said Bathsheba. Please tell them that it's not true. Gabriel looked surprised, but also pleased. All right, he said. And I can also tell you what I think. What's that? Asked Bathsheba. You haven't acted well towards Mr. Boldwood, said Gabriel. I don't care what you think, said Bathsheba. I suppose you're saying that because I didn't want to marry you. Not at all, said Gabriel. I stopped thinking about that a long time ago. I don't think that you should play jokes on a man like Mr. Boldwood just for fun. And if you do like him, you should tell him, not send him a silly Valentine's card. I won't allow anybody to speak to me like that, said Bathsheba angrily. Please leave my farm at the end of the week. All right, said Gabriel calmly, but I'd like to go immediately. Good, said Bathsheba. I don't want to see your face anymore. Fine, said Gabriel, walking away. (laughs) So we see the two instances there where, one, Bathsheba asks about the crowd, but also just doesn't care about them. It's like, yeah, yeah, you know what? Tell them that it's not true. But then she gets a bit of good advice from Gabriel and then also ignores this. And so I think there's a couple of rules of thumbs that we can we can take from this about how to interact with the the crowd advice and, and what we should and shouldn't listen to. So, or maybe can and cannot listen to. So I think a rule of thumb for personal matters, the frenzied, the madding crowd is best ignored. And so praise to Bathsheba in this, in this book, because she is the only one who really does that. Everyone else, you know, shame on Mr. Boldwood, on Sergeant Troy and on Gabriel, because they all fall for this trap of, listening to what this mob somewhat thinks or or is saying and they use that to dictate their actions uh, which i think is is a foolish thing to do and then on the other hand <laughs> so she does one thing right but unfortunately Bathsheba doesn't listen to good advice from people on personal matters which is this is where i think it is useful to listen to a lone individual who perhaps knows the nuances of the situation who knows oh okay Maybe I sent that Valentine card in jest, but you shouldn't play around with with someone's feelings if that's what you're going to do. If you like him, just tell him out and and whatnot. And if not, reject him. Don't do this thing where you say, oh, maybe in a year's time I'll get with you, Mr. Boldwood. And this is where I think, okay, perhaps, you know, don't listen to the crowd in this instance, but at least take on the advice that someone who is close to you and knows the, the personal matter you're dealing with, maybe in that case, listen to them. This, I suppose, is uh, only applicable advice for personal matters, perhaps if it's things like policy decisions where it does involve a large crowd where other people's self-interest is involved. You know, if it's just you falling in love or you deciding who you want to spend the rest of your time with, well, no one else has really an impact on that. But if you're making, I don't know, poly- policy decisions as a farmer like uh, Bathsheba was, you know, perhaps that's when it is best to recognize, oh, maybe I should listen to what all my underlings are saying and whether I should install this gully or put this fence here or sell these sheep or, you know, try a new grain of wheat or something like that. So a couple of little rules of thumbs there that I, th- I think are worthy of taking away from this book. I'm going to jump now onto my observations and takeaways. What you'll notice in this book is it's very much an automaton style of of talking. It's very reminiscent of The Alchemist uh, by Paulo Coelho. So you see that these characters, when they're interacting with each other, there's no there's no real depth to it. It's very stop and sh- short and 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 sharp and almost it's it 
it's almost like they're not real humans because just I can't imagine conversations ever going like this. It's been really stripped down. And you've kind of seen it in those examples, but there's an even better one here on page 10, which is where Gabriel and uh, Bathsheba are kind of, they've met, glanced at each other for the first time. This is the first time they're speaking face to face. And this is how the interaction goes. I found a hat, he said. It's mine, said the girl. I lost it last night. Was it at one o'clock this morning? Asked Gabriel. Yes, said the girl in surprise. How did you know? I was here, replied Gabriel. Oh, said the girl. You're Farmer Oak, aren't you? Yes, said Gabriel. I'm new to this area. Suddenly he felt shy and looked down at the ground. When he looked up again, the girl had got on her horse and was riding away. <laughs> what kind of interaction is that? Who who just randomly leaves someone for the first time? And, and it's what you'll notice is in the language. He said, she asked, he said, he said, she said. It's very, very kind of monotonous. You don't get any feeling of emotion from these characters. Even when they were meant to be angry or something like this, it, it did feel really stolted and, and it, it didn't feel like it was a real interaction. The other observation I have, and this is why it'll influence a lot of the rating I give on this book, is I didn't like any other characters. <laughs> I dislike Coquettes, that rules, uh, uh, that rules out Bathsheba. I dislike Simps, that rules out Gabriel, because he, uh, spoiler alert, marries her in the end. I dislike people who threaten violence really readily. That is both Gabriel and Mr. Boldwood. And I dislike liars and cheaters. And that is very much uh, Sergeant Troy. So every main character in this has a a flaw, which I, I quite detest. And so even with all this stolted language, which is, makes it hard for you to connect with them, there was this added layer for me, which was, oh, I've... Why, why is she doing that? Oh, why is he doing that? Oh, why are they playing her games? You know, why, why are they doing all these things? Kind of made me a bit frustrated and angry, <laughs> to be honest. So let's jump into the summary. It is a very bare bones book that probably, for me, strays too much into the simplicity aspect of style. I found it hard to connect with any character other than Gabriel, who I did somewhat associate with his mild manner, with his his uh i suppose acceptance of things of of being peaceful and whatnot but even then right at the end his last decision to mario is just no what are you doing uh it's not a great love story i I don't think love is a great word to use here but i think it can spark some passion and zeal for people and it's maybe a good example of enthusiasms and enthusiasms taken too far what could happen if you um, let your emotions take the better of you and it's pretty negative for basically every character in the book with a cliche ending at the at the very end it's probably better suited for kids to be honest and whilst i i thought the book was okay i very much more enjoyed test the durables by by thomas by the same author thomas hardy I felt that that book was much more rich in depth and actually was a much better love story than you will see in this uh, book here. So overall, I'm going to give Far From the Madden Crowd by Thomas Hardy a five and a half out of 10. I would recommend going elsewhere unless you really enjoy this sort of stolted small books. And that is it for today, my mere mortalized. Thank you for joining me to this part of the audio. What are your thoughts on Thomas Hardy on Far From The Madding Crowd, on enthusiasms, love, on the great zeal that we all have? I would love to know all of these things. Now, there's a couple of options that you can do this. The easiest ones would be just to jump onto the Discord, onto the Instagram, onto Twitter, onto Facebook, and you know, search out any of the links that I, I include here and leave a comment there. 
that's a totally fine way of doing this. If you're up for the challenge of something a little bit harder, if your enthusiasm is willing to take you to a new place, I would recommend trying out a new podcast app because one of the ways that you can help interact with the show and support the show is by sending in money, a support payment directly through to the Mere Models book reviews. I don't do any advertising. I'm not going to do any sponsorships, paywalls, any sort of that thing. No, I do the value for value model. I just rely solely on your support. Now, this is difficult. It does require a whole lot of learning for you. It will get easier in the future, I can guarantee. And I'm working on some things on the website and whatnot to, to make it easier. So please stand by for that. But at the moment, what you could do is just try out an uh, application like Fountain. It's a podcasting app. It's got some additional benefits for you because you will see chapter art and images popping up on your screen as you are, are watching or listening. And you can see this and go, oh, okay, this is what Karen's talking about. This is what the author, Thomas Hardy, looks like. This is what the book cover looks like. Just little pieces of useful information that comes in. You will find transcripts on there as well of all of this. So if you are wanting to improve your English, if you're wondering what it was I exactly said, if I talk about a link or something like that, you will see links appearing and popping up on, on the screen as, as you are listening and can go to your phone and watch. And then you can send in a message called a boost or a boostergram. There is, especially in the Fountain app, you will see the button for that and you can send in an amount uh, to actually get some money onto there, you can use a credit or debit card or on Fountain, you actually earn some very small amounts by listening as well. So if you, you know, receive 100 sats, which is a portion of Bitcoin, you can send that through to me and to the mere model. So um, I, all of those are very much appreciated. I read all of those messages out in the end of month book recaps. Uh, some, some fun stuff is coming in the future. I, I might even start doing these live. Perhaps we'll, um, see about that soon, but I will keep you up to date in the end of month book recap. If you want to know more about those things. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining me. I do hope you are having a fantastic day, wherever you are in the world, in Wessex County, wherever your enthusiasms are taking you. Ciao for now. Karen out.